This is the Harry Potter podcast, and I will be your commentary, Phil, and also the person who does the intros. So, today, we will be reading Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and we also do a lot of spoilers, so if you are someone that just wants to, like, listen to the book, you haven't read it before, um, you should skip over the parts where we say spoiler alert, because this does happen later in the series or later in the book, but... After this book, we will be reading The Pushcart War. And after The Pushcart War, we will be reading Book 2 of Harry Potter. And after Book 2, we will be reading The Trumpet of the Swan. Then Book 3 of Harry Potter. Uh, and then... Question, Phil. Uh, what comes after Book 3? Like, oh, what books are we going to be reading after Book 3? After Book 3 is Bambi, and then I'm just saying everything else connects, so I'm going to let everything else... Flow, unless I think of something, but... But, folks, uh, I just want to say something. Um, I want to warn you in advance of chapter 16, the last chapter of the book. Uh, if you have small children, please do not let them read this. This is a horrifying chapter. Actually, uh, it's more horrifying if you read the illustrated version. But, folks, I highly recommend the illustrated version, especially if you have younger children, so they can visualize the books. Yes, um... We actually listened to a Harry Potter podcast where the people actually use the Jim K. Illustrated Edition. But we hi- we don't use them, but we highly recommend them. Yes, we do. Uh, and you should also check out their podcast. Mm-hmm. Anyways, without further ado, uh, can I do some reading? Okay, time? take it away, Sam! Chapter 6 of Harry, po- of Harry Potter, book 1. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Chapter 6 is called The Journey from Platform 9 and 3 quarters. Harry's last month with the Dursleys wasn't fun. True Dudley was now scared, so scared of Harry he wouldn't stay in the same room, while Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon didn't shut Harry up in his cupboard, for, forcing him to do anything or shout at him. In fact, they didn't speak to him at all. Half terrified, half furious, they acted as though... Any chair with Harry in it were empty. Although this was an improvement in many ways, it did become a bit depressing after a while. Harry kept to his room with his new owl for company. He had decided to call her Hedwig, a name that had come from a history in mag- of magic. His school books were very interesting. He lay on his bed, reading late into the night, Hedwig swooping in and out of the open window as she pleased. It was lucky Aunt Petunia didn't come into vacuum anymore, because Hedwig kept bringing back dead mice. Every night before he went to sleep, Harry ticked off another day on a piece of paper. He had pinned to the wall, counting the days down to September the first. On the last day of August, he thought he better not speak to his aunt and uncle about going to King's Cross Station the next day. So he went down to the living room where they were watching a quiz show on television. He cleared his throat to let them know he was there and Dudley screamed and ran from the room. Er, Uncle Vernon? Uncle Vernon dusted 
the show he was listening. To show he was listening. I mean, sorry. Uncle Vernon grunted to show he was listening. Er, I need to be at King's Cross tomorrow to, to go to Hogwarts. Uncle Vernon grunted again. Would it be alright if you gave me a lift? Grunt. Here's suppose that meant yes. Thank you. He was about to go back upstairs when Uncle Vernon actually spoke. Funny way to get to, to a wizard school. The train magic got carpets all the got all those all those got punctures, have they? Magic carpets all got punctures, have they? They didn't say anything. Where is the school anyway? I don't know, said Harry, realizing this for the first time. He pulled a ticket Hazard had given him out of his pocket. I just take the train from the platform nine and three quarters at eleven o'clock, he read. His aunt and uncle stared. Platform what? Nine and three quarters. Don't talk rubbish. Don't talk rubbish, said Uncle Ryan. There is no <coughs> platform nine and three quarters. It's on my ticket. Barking, said Uncle Vernon, howling mad a lot of them. You'll see, you'll just wait. All right, we'll take you to King's Cross. We're going up to London tomorrow anyways, or I wouldn't bother. Where are you going to London, Harry asked, trying to keep things friendly. Taking Dudley to the hospital, growled Uncle Vernon. Got to have that ruddy tail removed before he goes to smelting. Harry woke at five o'clock the next morning and was too excited and too nervous to go back to sleep. He got up and pulled on his jeans. Wait, at one in the morning? Him. I didn't hear you. Harry woke at five o'clock the next morning and was, and was too excited and too nervous to go back to sleep. He got up and pulled on his jeans because he didn't want to walk into the station in his wizarding wizard rig. He'd change on the train. He checked his Hogwarts list yet again to make sure he had everything he needed, saw that Hedwig was safely shut in her cage, and then paced the room waiting for the Dursleys to get up. Two hours later, Harry's huge, heavy trunk had been loaded into the Dursleys' car. Aunt Petunia had talked Dudley into sitting next to Harry, and they had set off. How and did he? How did Aunt Petunia um, talk Dudley into... She probably yelled at Dudley and got real... Oh, she probably didn't yell at Dudley. She probably coached him with, like, another motorized airplane. She probably coaxed him with, with lots of toys and food. Yeah. That's probably it. Anyways, where was I? Oh, um, this is a spoiler alert. Spoiler Folks, alert. Folks, please pop, please skip this part. Okay, um, it's kind of funny, like, um, how Dudley is even so fat in the later books, because, um, even he went on a diet in the fourth book. No, I think it. No, it was started in the fourth book. Uh, yeah, like, um, when Harry went to Hogwarts. Yeah. Anyways, where was I? He, uh, he checked his Hogwarts list yet again to make sure he had everything. Saw that Hedwig was safely shut in, in her cage and paced the room waiting for the Dursleys to get up. Two hours later, later Harry's huge, heavy trunk had been loaded into the Dursleys' car. You are already read this. Uh, 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 they reached King's Cross half, at half past ten. Uncle Vernon dumped Harry's trunk onto a cart and wheeled it into the station for him. Harry thought this was strangely kind until un Uncle Vernon stopped dead facing the platforms with a nasty grin on his face. Uh, no, I I know well, why. Well, there you are, boy. Platform 9, platform 10. 
Your platforms will be somewhere in the middle, but they don't seem to have built it yet, do they? He was right, of course. There was a big plastic number nine over one platform and a big plastic number ten over the other one. Next I thought they used metal and clay. Uh, they used plastic, and I think they used plastic in most stations. That's amazing because when you like, I'm not sure. Plastic is cheap and easy and simple versus metal. They use metal in the wizarding station, though. By the way, folks, that was a spoiler. Uh, the writer of the Elite Life in just a few. Uh, just, yeah, a little bit. Anyways, have a good time, said Uncle Vernon with an even nastier smile. I imagine how shocked Harry must be like when he... Yeah, come on. We gotta be quiet. Have a good time, said Uncle Vernon with an even nastier smile. He left without another word. Harry turned and saw the Dursleys drive away. All of them were laughing. Harry's mouth was ra went rather dry. What on earth was he gonna do? He was starting to attract a lot of funny looks because of Hedwig. He'd have to ask someone. He stopped a passing guard, but he didn't dare mention platform nine and three quarters. The guard had never heard of Hogwarts, and when Harry couldn't even tell him what part of the country it was in, he started to get annoyed, as though Harry was being stupid on purpose. Getting desperate, Harry asked for the train that left at 11 o'clock, but the guard said there wasn't one. In the end, the guard strode away, muttering about time wasters. Harry was now trying hard not to According to the large clock over the right, he had ten minutes left to get on the train to Hogwarts. To Hogwarts, and and he had no idea how to do it. And he was stranded in the middle of a station with a trunk he could hardly lift, a pocket full of wizard money, and a large owl. Hagrid must have forgotten to tell him something that you had to do something do, like tapping the third brick on the left to get into Diagon Alley. He wondered if he should get out his wand and start tapping the ticket inspector's stand between the platforms. <laughs> Between platform nine and ten. Uh, at, that mo wait. at that moment, a group of people walked behind him and he caught a few words of what they were saying. Packed with muggles, of course. Um, yes, um, actually, in a later book, uh, this is a spoiler, they say that, they say that, um, the ticket was tapped, or, um, they say that someone that's a muggle in King's Cross, that works at King's Cross, knows about Platform 9 and 3 quarters. No one in King's Cross knows about Platform 9 and 3 quarters. No, they said it was a worker. I forget what book they said that, though. I don't believe you. I think that might be in... I don't think that I ever have... I think that might have once happened in... Uh, I think you're thinking of the play, but that didn't really... He didn't really know about it. He was just kind of ignorant. No, it wasn't that. It was something else. Anyways. I think it was around um, book five. Anyways, that's not the point. Oh, I know what you're thinking of, and she's not, and she, yes, she is a muggle. Uh, the lady that takes care of Harry, I forget her name now. Uh, Mrs. something, the lady. Miss Fig. Oh, Mrs. this is Fig. Spoiler. She is, she is that muggle. I think you're talking, I think you're thinking of Mrs. Fig. No, it was something else. Um, no, just saying no. Mrs. Fig, yeah, I think you're thinking Mrs. Fig. No, 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 there's Anyways, something else. Anyways, can I please read the book, Phil? I'm sorry, but you're just... Okay, okay. Uh, Harry swung round. The speaker was a plump woman who had... Who was talking to four boys. All fl flaming red... All with flaming red hair. 
Each of them was pushing a trunk like Harry, Harry's in front of him. And they each had an owl. And they had an owl. Hard hammering, Harry pushed his cart after them. They stopped as, and so did he. Just near enough to hear what they were saying. Now, what's the platform number? Uh, said the boy's mother. Mother. Nine and three. Now, what's the password? No. What's the platform number? Said the boy's mother. Nine and three quarters. Piped the small girl, also redheaded, who was holding up her hand. Who was holding her hand? Mom, can't I go? You're. You're not old enough, Ginny. Now be quiet. All right then, Percy. Percy, you go first. Yes. Heart hammering, Harry pushed the cart after his cart after them. They stopped, and so did he. Oh wait, I, I don't remember. Uh, what? You're, you're not old enough, Ginny. Now be quiet. All right, Percy, you go first. What looked like the oldest boy marched toward the plat platforms nine and ten. Harry watched, careful not to blink in case he missed it. But just as the boy reached the dividing barrier between the two platforms, a large crowd of tourists came swarming in front of him. And by the time the last backpack had cleared away, the boy had vanished. Fred, you next, said the plump woman. I'm not Fred. I'm not Fred. I'm not Fred. I'm George, said the boy. Honestly, woman, can't you call yourself our mother? Can't you tell I'm George? Sorry, George, dear. Only joking. I am Fred, said the boy. And, and off he went. His twin called after him to hurry up, and he must have done so because... A second later, he had gone, but how did he do it? Now the third brother was walking briskly towards the barrier. He was almost there, and they, and then quite suddenly, he wasn't there anywhere. He wasn't any. He wasn't, and quite suddenly, he wasn't anywhere. There was nothing else for it. Excuse me," said Harry to the plump woman. "No, dear. First time at Hogwarts. Ron's new too." She pointed at the at the last and youngest of her sons. He was tall, thin, and gang and gangling, with freckles, big hands, big feet, and a long nose. Yes, said Harry. Uh, the thing is, the thing is, I don't know how to. How to get onto the onto the platform? She said kindly, and Harry and Harry nodded. Not to worry, she said. All you have to do is walk straight at the barrier between platforms nine and ten. Don't stop and be scared. And don't be scared to crash into it. That's very important. Best do it in a bit of a run if you're nervous. Go on now. Go now before Ron. Uh, okay, said Harry. He pushed his trolley around and stared at the barrier. It looked very solid. He started to walk towards it. People jostled him on their ways on their way to platform nine and ten. Harry walked more and more quick more quickly. He was going to smash right into the barrier and then he'd be in trouble. Leaning forward on his cart, he broke into a heavy run. The barrier was coming nearer and nearer. He wouldn't be able to stop. The cart was out of control. He was a foot away. He closed his eyes, ready for the crash. It didn't come. He kept on running. He opened his eyes. A scarlet steam engine was waiting right was waiting next to a platform packed with people. A sign overhead ho said Hogwarts Express, 11 o'clock. Harry looked behind him and saw a wrought iron archway where the barrier had been with the words platform nine and three quarters on it. He had done it. Smoke came from the engine, dri smoke from the engine drifted over their heads, over the heads of, of, a of the chattering crowd. 
while cats of every color wound here and there between their legs. Owls hooted to one another in, in a disgruntled sort of way over the babble and scraping of heavy trunks. The first few carriages were already already packed with students, some hanging out of the windows to talk to their families, some fighting over seats. Harry pushed his cart off down the platform in search of an empty seat. He passed a round-faced boy who was saying, Gran, I've lost my toad again. Gran, I... Gran, I've lost my toad again. Oh, Neville, jeered the old woman sigh. A boy with dreadlocks was surrounded by a, a small crowd. Give us a look. Lee, go on. The boy lifted a, the lid of a box in his arms and the people around him shrieked and yelled as something inside poked up a long, hairy leg. Harry Pat pressed on through the crowd until he found an empty compartment near the end of the train. He put Hedwig inside first and then start, started to shove and heave his trunk towards the train door. He tried to lift up it up the steps, but he could hardly rise raise one end and twice he dropped it out it dropped dropped it painfully on his foot. Wanted want a hand? It was one of the red haired twins he followed through the barrier. Yes, please. Oi, Fred, come here and help. With the twins' help, Harry's trunk was at last tucked away in the corner of the compartment. Thanks, said Harry, pushing his sweaty hair out of his eyes. What's that? said one of the twins, pointing at Harry's lightning scar. Blimey, said the other twin. Are you? He is, said the first twin. Aren't you? he said, adding. He added to Harry. What? Harry Potter, chorused the twins. Oh, him, said Harry. I mean, yes, I am. Uh, the two boys gawked at him, and Harry felt himself turning red. Then, to his relief, a voice came floating in through the train's open door. Fred, George, are you... Fred, George, are... Fred, George, are you there? Coming, Mom. The last look at Harry, the twins hopped off the train. Harry sat down next to the window where, half-hidden, he could watch the red-haired family on the platform and hear what they were saying. Their mother had just taken out two, had taken out her handkerchief. Ron, you've got some, Ron, you've got something on your nose. The youngest boy tried to jerk out of the way, but she grabbed him and began rubbing him, rubbing the end of his nose. Mom, get off. It was over safe. Ah, Ickle, has Ickle Ronnie got something on his nose? Said one of the twins. Shut up, said Ron. Where's Percy? Said their mother. He's coming. He's coming now. The oldest boy came striding into sight. He had already changed. Uh. Thanks, uh, wait. Uh, where's Percy? Said, where's Percy? Said their mother. He's coming now. The oldest boy came striding into. Oh wait, I read that. Into his billowing black Hogwarts robes, and Harry noticed a shiny P, a shiny, a shiny silver badge on his chest with the letter P on it. Can't stay long, mother," he said. "I'm up in. I'm up front. The prefects have got two compartments to themselves. 
Oh, are you a prefect, Percy? Said one of the twins with an air of great surprise. You should have said something. We had no idea. Hang on, I think I remember him saying something about it, said the other twin. Once. Or twice. A minute. All summer. Oh, shut up, said Percy the Prefect. Oh, shut up, said Percy the Prefect. How come Percy gets new robes anyway, said one of the twins. Because he's a prefect. All right, dear. Well, have a good term. Send me an owl when you get there. She kissed Percy on the cheek and left. Then she turned to the twins. Now you two, this year, behave yourselves. If I get one more owl telling me you've, you've blown up a toilet or... Blown up a toilet? We've never blown up a toilet. Great idea. Thanks, Mom. It's not funny, and look after Ron. Don't worry, Uncle Ronnykins is safe with us. Shut <laughs> up, said Ron. He was almost as tall as the twins already. Twins already, and his nose was pink. Pink where his mother had rubbed it. Hey, Mom, guess what? Guess who we just met on the train? Aaron leaned back quickly, so they couldn't see him looking. You know that black-haired boy who was near us in the station know who he is? Who? Harry Potter. Harry heard the little girl's voice. Oh, Mom, can I go on the train and see him, Mom? Oh, please. You've already seen him, Ginny. And the poor boy isn't something you goggle at in a zoo. Is he really, Fred? How do you know? Asked him. Saw the lightning. Saw his scar. It... It's really there. It's like lightning. Poor dear. No wonder he was alone. I wonder. He was ever so polite when we asked how to get on the onto the platform. Never mind that. Do you think he'll remember what you know who what you know who looks like? The mother suddenly became very stern. I forbid you to ask him, Fred. No, don't you dare. As though he needs some reminding of that on his first day of school. All right, keep your hair on. A whistle sounded. Hurry up, said their mother, and the three boys. Hurry up, said their mother, and the three boys clambered onto the train. They leaned out of the window for her to kiss them goodbye, and their youngest sister began to cry. Don't worry, Ginny. We'll send you loads of owls. We'll send you a Hogwarts toilet seat. George. Only joking, Mom. The train began to move. Harry saw the boys' mother waving. And their sister, half laughing, half crying, running to keep up with the train until it gathered too much speed, and th then she fell back and waited. Yes, Phil? Oh, there's the end of our segment.